Hello, welcome to the start of the year 2022. Anyway, it is for me. I'm recording this on January 2nd. January 1st, I basically took off, did a little bit of stuff here and there, but created time for myself to regroup and approach the new year, not necessarily as a chore that I need to check off my to-do list, but as something that's going to be full of change and new opportunities, a little bit of risk, and hopefully really good things, but with always the possibility of things not being as good as I want them to be. What a lot to put on a single year, huh? So anyway, welcome to 2022 and also the fifth episode of this podcast. Well, at least fifth episode of season two of this podcast. I was digging through some of my older files. I have a whole folder where I keep outlines and ideas of things I want to talk about on this podcast. And since I didn't have any new ideas, I thought I'd go back and mind that. And I saw one that's based on the quote that's attributed to Aristotle. I can't say for sure if it is Aristotle. I just simply did not look into it that deeply. It could be a complete misattribution. I don't know, but let's just pretend that this is an Aristotle quote. Knowing yourself is the beginning of all wisdom. As a generic self-help, you know, slug, it's not that bad. I think it's important simply because it's very true that no matter how much education you get, no matter how many facts and figures you know, whether you've learned them through the structure format of schooling, college, whatever, or if you've read it all on your own, just knowing those things is a wisdom. Knowing yourself is the beginning of wisdom because that is where you can start putting the information that you have about the world around you into place in your life, into the framework of how you've created your life. And that's a little deep. This isn't a self-help podcast in the sense of trying to make you live your best life, but it is self-help in trying to get you to write more. That's always been my goal. That's what I've always talked about. I'm honestly not too concerned if you write better. I'm not a, in a place to advise you on how to write better, but I am in a place to advise you on how to write more. So when coming back around to this idea of knowing yourself as the beginning of wisdom, and how does that apply to writer? What, what does that have to do with being a writer? It has everything to do with it. Because to know yourself, and this is going to be a little, a little backwards, it's not knowing yourself so that you can be a better writer. It's the idea that being a better writer requires knowing yourself because knowing yourself requires vulnerability. You need vulnerability as a creative artist in order to create characters and situations and scenarios that your readers will get invested in. Vulnerability is not easy and it's not fun, generally speaking, but it is so, so important. The best writing done by the best authors that have ever existed, name your genre, your culture, your era, 
says a lot about human beings and how we act towards one another, what's important to us, and what we value, what we're willing to live for, what we're willing to die for. And that comes from the author's willingness to tap into vulnerability and spread it out all over the page like butter. Your best work, even in the most mainstream tropey of genres, will reflect the vulnerability you put into it as a writer. If you invest the time to learn about yourself, then you are investing time and energy into being vulnerable with yourself, and that will make your writing stronger. Personally, I spent years ignoring myself and trying to change myself, denying who I was. And that is basically an umbrella overview of my entire life, not just as a writer. As my parents died, after their deaths, the years following that cataclysm in my life, I spent a lot of time trying to decide who I was going to be without listening to who I already was. One of the decisions I made was that I was going to stop trying to become a published author. As I often tell the story, I gave up on that dream because I realized that nobody wanted to read what I was writing or what I was interested in writing. And one, that's not true, but remember this was the 1990s, so there was no self-publishing arena that I could enter. There were a few indie publishers, but they were very small and very competitive because resources were limited. Resources meaning paper and printing presses and shelves on the bookstores. Problems we don't have in the digital world too much anymore. It's become more of a fight to get your book on the bookshelves, but that's a totally different discussion to have. So that thought process led me to that decision in the sense of, well, nobody wants to read what I'm going to be writing, or certainly agents aren't interested and publishing houses won't read my manuscripts without an agent. So it was very easy to give up in the 1990s on being a professional writer. They made it very easy to give up because there were so many people who were trying. It was better for publishers and agents to have fewer people trying. So in a way, I don't blame them because, wow, it was a lot, a lot of pressure on everybody. But when I made that decision and I talk about it now, what I'm leaving out is the fact that I did try. I did try to write romance novels according to the structure given in all the how to write romance novels books that were available. I did try to write science fiction and fantasy novels based on the tropes and cliches and all the elements that I thought were popular in the science fiction fantasy realm. And they were, I mean, I was, I was deep into science fiction and fantasy in my younger years. And so I had a pretty good knowledge of where the genre stood at that moment in time. It's changed a lot since then, but back then I felt pretty confident in what I, I assumed publishers were looking for. The problem was not a lack of knowledge. It was a lack of interest. When I tried to write things that fit in within those parameters that were being set by other people 
based on marketing and demographics and all those types of good things. I just wasn't interested. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. No matter how many different ideas I came up with, you know, when I tried to shave them down or reshape them into something that somebody could buy, and by somebody I mean an agent or a publishing house or whatever, you know, would draw in the interest of the official arbiters and gatekeepers of the publishing industry back in those days. I just couldn't be interested at all. And so instead of taking that lesson as an opportunity to look inwards and learn more about myself as a writer and go, well, what, what do I want to write? Okay, so I can't write that. Why don't I try to write this? Instead, I took the this that I wanted to write, shoved it in a box, didn't put a label on it, put it on the top shelf of my rear quarter of my brain, wherever that is in my brain, and just said, hey, I can't do it. Can't be a published author. I didn't want to look at myself. I didn't want to know myself and understand what it was I really wanted. And furthermore, feeding into that, I didn't think about what kind of writing career that I wanted. Did I really want to become uh, another romance author who churns out the same kind of romance month after month, year after year? Don't misquote me here. I respect those authors tremendously. They manage to do what I cannot do, which is write consistently and write a certain type of story consistently and write that story in such a way that their followers love every story they put out. They know themselves well enough to know not just what they're good at, but what they're willing to do and what will bring them the most satisfaction. And that's what they do. So all power and respect to them. Not something I personally could do. The result was that I assumed that the type of writing that gave me joy, the type of stories that I really loved, were things that were shameful. Stories that I should feel embarrassed about and characters that no one but me would be interested in. I was hiding from the things that give me joy. Certainly wasn't allowing myself to know myself. Enter fan fiction. 2007, 2008. Again, I've talked about this story before. The perspective I want to take on it right now, though, is the opportunity that fan fiction gave me to know myself as a writer. So that by the time the opportunities were available, when the self-publishing and the independent publisher in the world had opened up enough to allow room for people wanting to tell my stories that I love to tell, when that happened, I was ready for it. Because I had accepted these are the stories I love to tell. And if other people don't want to read those stories, that's on them. Because there are some people who do want to read those stories. And I can get my stories in their hands. In looking at that from the perspective of what I want from a career as a writer, that's changed as well. The dream I had of being an author in the 90s when I was younger was, you know, being a super popular author whose books get made into movies and whose books are on the New York Times bestseller list. And honestly, I couldn't care about any of that at this point in my life. I don't think I ever really did. I think it was just what I was told 
successful authors should be hoping for, aiming for. It's never what I wanted. It, you know, if somebody wants to make a movie out of one of my books, I'm certainly not going to say no. You know, give my lawyer a call. We'll talk. But not the goal. Not for me personally. It might be your goal. All power to you. Go forward. Go do the thing. If you know yourself well enough to know that you will not rest until your book is on the New York Times bestseller list, then by God, go make it happen. But make sure that that's you and not someone else talking through your insecurities or fears or shame or embarrassment. Make sure that you know thyself and use the vulnerability that you've applied to knowing yourself in your work. I think that's a one-two punch that's really going to carry you through any setbacks, any amount of writer's block, any amount of bad sales, whatever. It will do you well. So that's my short little lesson here for the start of the new year, which is less a lesson than I suppose a cautionary tale. Do not do as I did. Do as I tell you. You'll be much better off. I would have been much better off if I did as I told me instead of did what I did. How's that for a life lesson for you? <laughs> All right. Enough of this chatting. We both have work to do. I'm actually still working on the Queen's Aries, so I'll be working on that once I get this podcast recorded. I'll probably be editing it tomorrow on Monday, getting it up on Monday. Um, almost back on schedule. Like I said, I try to have things posted on Monday for the podcast, but uh, it's been a wild road to get there, so we'll see what happens. That's what I'm going to go write. It's time for you to get to writing. Go do the thing, and I'll be back next week.